Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hey, good evening. Good evening to you. We have Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Hello, ready to go. Look at that. He's rapping already. And we have Gear Man Steve. Steve, how are you? What is happening, guys? Oh, not Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's always our pleasure. So, with that, this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. You can find us at fattyzmusky.com. We have an online store there. You can, uh, well, for the time being, purchase some of our casting baits and our trolling rod holders. Um, And... Let's see. We don't have a lot of hard baits left, so if there's something that you know you might be looking for that isn't in stock there, check out Team Rhino Outdoors or Musky Tackle online. Uh, but rod holders, that's our bag. So uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at on Facebook and on Instagram, more actively on those two than another one that I sometimes mention, or my contact information is on the website should you have questions with a boat setup. Um, Gearman has some good stories. I'm not going to drag this one on. Muddy Creek, head up you. Mm-hmm. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us. We will be starting up, hopefully, uh, last Saturday in May and all the way through November, fishing up at uh, Chautauqua Lake. Uh, just a little update. I had some guys getting a hold of me. They, they had to it did close down the state launches up in New York, all the DCNR places, but now they opened them back up here this week. So they were only really shut for a few. I didn't even think they got them all shut down, really. But no, they, they lifted did. that. As, yeah. as, soon, as soon as that was that was uh, moved through New York, uh, mm-hmm. Hogan's Hut, they uh, updated that the state park was still open and people were sending pictures like, I'm out here catching mm-hmm. crappies right now. I didn't. Yeah, have my boat flown in, but so yeah, yeah. So they're they're open. They're open now. Walleye that's season, a, I think, will start uh, next Saturday up there. So that's a good step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so if they're open for that, no guiding as of now, but we still have a month and a week, so we'll see. So get a hold of us. You know, the early season's pretty booked up, but I expect we're going to get some cancellations if we're allowed to go on time. So if you're interested or you're coming up. Get a hold of us. If you have a week you're going up for vacation later in the summer or something, and you're wanting to come out, get a hold of us sooner rather than later because there's just there's, there's limited openings throughout the season, really. So uh, we're going to do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. Absolutely. And when we do that, we'll be uh, fishing out of Ranger Boats. Big shout out to them for sponsoring the show and sponsoring uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Um, get all your Ranger needs at uh, Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, they have Rangers, Starcrafts, Star Welds, uh, Triton boats now, uh, and also check them out for service. Um, also, uh, when you fish with us, we'll be using top of the line equipment like St. Croix rods, best rods on earth. Uh, check them out. Durable, good customer service. Um, shout out to Baker Bates. We use those, abuse those, um, and that's it for me. All right. And, Todd, let's uh, yes. let's hear you rhyme some more about Muskie's Inc. Muskie's Inc., what do you think? Yeah, uh, get a hold of your local chapters. Every Pretty much every state that's got a uh, got Muskie's has a chapter. Tons of good stuff going on with the Muskie Inc. chapters, you know, raising money for 
bait fish, helping the states out, stock fish. More involved your club gets, uh, you know, the more involved the people in your club get, the more things your club can get done. So they're always looking for people to get involved and uh, lots of neat stuff, tournaments, year-long release tournament. And uh, we're going to let your man Steve talk a little bit of a little neat story about that annual release tournament here. What happened to you, Steve? You got you were you were involved in one of these. I was up close and personal, and um, when you hear the story, you'll find out that it almost didn't happen because of me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so my buddy, uh, he, he came home for Christmas. He he lives in the middle of the state, but he comes home. He lives uh, close to here. His family does. So when he visits them, usually Thanksgiving, Christmas, we try to get together the fish. So it's after Christmas, late December. Um, he asked me to go fishing on one of these. Uh, local rivers he has a drift boat that we go on and so we meet up cloudy day heavy wind and this was after christmas after christmas so it's pretty it's getting cold you know we had a pretty nice winter so it wasn't horrible but um again what was the the, air temps i'd say 40s okay so it wasn't bitter bitter but okay continue No, no 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 frozen guides that day uh fortunately so we decided to go to a stream that actually gets, I wouldn't call a stream, more of a, a small river, I guess, that gets pounded pretty good. But we decided, what the heck, it's close enough. So we launch, start upstream. And at this point, um, I think I've been pretty clear that I've, I've been pretty much exclusively fly fishing only for like the last year and a half. Now, my buddy is like almost all fly fishing only. Uh, he does a little gear. but So what I'm doing is I'm coming back around. And I'm integrating gear back into my uh, life because, you know, when I got into trolling, it was trolling, nothing but trolling for a year, then now fly fishing. And so now I am at that point where I feel like I'm trying to assess where the tools work. So it, okay, this day and just, go, for, just for clarity, gear is conventional tackle, correct? Conventional, correct. Yeah, bait casters, that kind of thing. So, I'm, yeah. Gear I, is I, also a steroid, by the way. Well, <laughs> I, I was unaware of that, but just wanted I didn't to, know that one. <laughs> just wanted to let you to clarify that you're not getting jacked there during the quarantine taking steroids. Quarantine. No, no. <laughs> if you saw the spare tire on my stomach, you'd know that there's no gear, quote unquote, gear going in this. <laughs> well, that's why you, your, your name is Gear Man, is because you're just a meathead. Yeah, right. <laughs> gear Man's actually a huge steroid freak. <laughs> he's, <jacked. laughs> he's purple all right <laughs> yeah so okay so conventional tackle so this day we start off and i said hey my buddy he's fishing i'm fishing the good water he's fishing used water behind me and i said i'm going to start off with like a small kind of uh uh jerk bait all right i mean it's our first drift i'm getting good casts and i'm bringing it over he's behind me and all of a sudden his, his fly stops. He says, I got one. And his rod's doubled over. And you could tell just from how his rod's thumping, it's big. So this is like right out the gate. Right out of the gates. First drift. <clears throat> Again, okay. I fished over this fish with a dang uh, jerk bait. And my buddy behind me with the fly hooks it. Okay. Heavy heads, you know, just the head shakes. He's trying to maneuver it up. You know, a good like 30 seconds go by. We're wondering how big is it. And this sucker comes to the surface and rolls. You see this fat belly and you see the fly. Now, remember, we talked about the hooks. He has two treble hooks in his fly. It's the back treble hook just on the beak of the fish. How come it always has to be the beak? 
I don't know. It wasn't the side. It was. It was just right there on that part that you know. There's not a lot of meat there to keep it in. Tell me, it's just well, like under the skin. Just under, and this thing's thrashing, and and I got the net, and so I'm kind of maneuvering around the boat, following the fish. Well, I'm holding the bag up in my one hand while I got the uh, handle of the net in the other because I didn't want the net dragging around to catch on the cleats or anything in the boat. So finally, he gets to the surface. It's it's kind of like doing a a, 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 a flop roll and I, I hurry up and lunge out with the net and I slide the net under the fish and I go to pick it up and the bag won't drop. So now Why? I got this monster fish flopping in what's probably an effective 12 foot inch or 12 foot deep net because the netting won't drop. Why won't the netting drop? Well, I don't know. And I'm telling my buddy, <laughs> I, can't, I don't know what's wrong. The fish flops out of the net. Oh my God. Under the boat, pins his rod against the gunnel. And he's like, Steve, it's going downstream under the rod. I'm going to lose it. And I found out the netting got wrapped around the button of my sleeve. Oh, on purpose. I see. Yes, (laughs) on purpose. So what I end up doing is I'm trying to untangle it, and I end up just screw it. I rip the button out. Oh, mama's not going to be happy. Eh, what are you going to do? What so the, fishing out there in a, a big Van Heusen button-up? Well, it was like a... It was, <laughs> I don't know. It was like something I got at Walmart for like two bucks. That because just, you keep you ripping know, your shirts with your Ripley muscles. That's uh-huh. right. Because all the gear... <laughs> when you're on gear. <laughs> and I don't fit in shirts. <laughs> I, already ripped the, I already ripped the buttons out of the front, so why not the sleeves now? <laughs> <laughs> so... So my buddy finally uh, hangs on, brings the fish back up. We net it. As soon as it hits the net, it flops, and the fly comes shooting straight out, as always. That seems to be the way it ends, but in the net it went. Wow. We are ecstatic, but guess what? We look up, and we have drifted so far now that we're heading into some rapids. <laughs> um, and, and so you got a fish in the bag and you're coming to some class threes. I got a fish in the bag. The rapids are trying to drag the fish in the net under the water. I'm trying to keep the rim up because I'm not going to bring the fish into the boat. My buddy hurry up and tries to throw out the anchor, but it's too quick. It's just dragging the anchor with us. So he has to get behind the oars and try to maneuver us across like eight inch rapids while I'm trying to keep this fish from bouncing off the bottom. Uh, you know, so we finally... Through this small stretch, he gets us over into the shore where we could drop the net down. It's like an eddy, and we finally have a level of relief. Well, I, I think some major point that you you kind of missed with this whole thing is through the whole chaos of the fish bouncing out of the net and going under, it, it sounds you were dangerously close to fighting this fish in the rapids, like having the fish pinned while the boat goes down the turbulent waters we, we would have been screwed i mean and, and yeah the thing was been gone, so. because what we're doing is we're, we're at this point you, you don't realize because when you're drifting those rapids look like 400 yards away mm-hmm. but as this is going on you're moving and now your frame of where you are is go- the last place you think you are is where you hook the fish right you just don't realize you drifted 300 feet and if I botched the second net attempt, and the fish stayed on. We're in rapids, and it's gone. I don't know what you do then. You're just not. You you ride so, it out like yeah, a cowboy. So, yeah. I, well, at that point, I, he might have jumped in, or I might have jumped in after it because I just screwed the net job up. <laughs> do something, you know. 
So okay. we're like thinking, oh man, this is upper forties. You know, we, we don't want to say it. We're afraid to say that word. And he pulls it out of the net, uh, throws it on the bump board. It's 50 and a half. Bingo. And so I got pictures from every angle up straight down, making sure the nose is against it. And he holds the fish up, take a bunch of killer photos, cool release. And we're just like shaking. All right. It was fat. It was fat. I think 23 and a half was the girth. Uh, which is pretty fat on a 50 incher. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So he, again, a Muskie Inc. member, submits it, ends up being the biggest fish caught and released on a fly. This year so, or ever? This year. No, no, not ever. This year. For the 2019. So he's, you know, got the plaque. Plus, it was the Lunker of the Month for December. So he got a plaque for that. Oh, and that's great. He's getting a replica made. But, you know, the funny thing is. But that's not good enough. Two plaques is not good enough. Tell me why it's not good enough, Steve. Well, okay. So when you look at what Muskie's Inc.'s done, it's very generous. Um, The largest release male and female plus the junior plus the largest hybrid. Those four categories out of the five they have all got free replicas. Two from Lax, two from Fatanti. So... I'm thinking, man, my poor buddy, you know, he got the biggest on a fly. I know what that fight was like. I can't Arguably the hardest other... one to, out of the four categories to, to, to win. Well, yeah, particularly if you're breaching 50 inches. And again, right. I, I know that the guy who, who almost butchered the net job, i.e. me. So it was just a harrowing experience. I thought this is just as deserving. <laughs> so you so, stepped up and bought him a replica? No, I wish. I sunk all my money in another replica, but that's another story. So, you know, at the shows, I I approached the Muskies Inc. I approached the Nittany Lions Club because they're the ones that he's out of saying, hey, you know, guys, like, what's up with this? There's no equity. And then I I talked to the uh, people who um, donate the Mm -hmm. replicas and they said, hey, we'd we'd do it. But it's it's something we're going to work out with Muskies Inc., and so, you know, I went back to Muskie's Inc. and talked to the president. And so I thought, oh, man, we might be getting somewhere. We're going to get equal equal uh, representation for the fly guy. But it, it, I'm not sure where it went. It's kind of dead in the water, I guess. And my, my buddy just has his plaques. Wow. <laughs> and a, and I mean, bill. that makes sense. That makes sense to uh, to want to have that. But if you fly guys didn't act like such purist jerks, maybe you would uh, get some nicer things. Well, I, I think Vance has a valid point there. Uh, can you counter that, Steve? Well, you know, okay, so do I want to take this on as a fly guy or a guy that does it all? Because the fly guys are going to say, well, if you guys didn't cheat troll, maybe you know what a true challenge to catch a muskie is. But I'm not like that. If you catch one anyway, it's okay. good. But if, well, see, if you're going to create a category, then you should honor the same rewards. That's all. I can I 100% agree with that. I don't know if everybody else is on, is on that same page, but I think every category in Muskie's Inc. should get that replica if it's the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know they did that, to be honest. So, they, you know, that's something new. They, they change all the time. I, I So, yeah. Well, and I think what happened, I think last year they gave it to the biggest release, and this year they extended it to okay. juniors and hybrids. Mm-hmm. And I'm still thinking, well, you know, there's one more category. You know, I doubt like they fighting. had a 50 inch. I, bet, I doubt they had a 50 inch hybrid, did they? Uh, I don't remember. I think uh, I I they might have had. 
maybe one in the last couple years. I know oh, the yeah. guest that we've had is Bryce. Yeah, he yeah caught, I know they caught a big one in Utah, mm-hmm. but yeah. most I think, years I don't think there is one. You know, I think they should at least bet on the fifty-inch mark on the fly, mm-hmm. just to to start it off. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an unbelievable yeah. thing to do. That's just crazy. Yeah. Well, and and I, you know, everybody can obviously see where it's caught because all you got to do is busky to find it. But uh, not the spot burn, but you guys know where it was caught. Um, yes. just out of that place is an achievement and then you do it on a fly, you know, so absolutely. Now I have a couple things about this story. Okay. Technically, if you were a diehard fly fisherman, shouldn't you be netting your own fish? Like all those well, trout, trout photos where the guy's big arc and he's scooping that. That net, you know. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he puts his his rod over his shoulders. Yes, he has to balance it across. Face shield on, like the face shield thing, and it's like gonna... stilled or something. That's like the, you know, the, that's the cool kids do or something. So here's the funny thing. So on on two points, a the real trout guys don't even use a net because they don't want to hurt the fish. So in theory, he should have probably hand landed it. Um, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Uh, number two, you know, like the, the rod across the back or neck. Here's the funny thing. So when I took the picture of the fish, my rod with my lure is sitting behind him. So we take these pictures and he sends them and people are like, you caught that on gear. I see your rod. And it was like a whole ordeal oh, geez, yeah. in, in the community because they're like, yeah, you're I'm a liar. That's not a fly fish. And it's like, yeah. So that's why these guys do it. Because if you that's don't put true. a fly rod – in that goofy picture, mm-hmm. everybody and their brother who's a purist is going to say, oh, no way. I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I'll just tell you my own, um, you know, my own humble opinion. That is the biggest, dorkiest, terrible look I've ever seen is the <laughs> face mask with the thing over the back. Now, uh-huh. I can understand them bitching about gear and wanting to put an asterisk next to it, just like the baseball hall of fame, you know? If you're on steroids and you're catching these fish, I think that, you know, maybe it should be, uh, you know, you cheated a little bit. You're on steroids. You can put it. Well, I got to I got to interject here because I was saving this for later. There should be an asterisk behind this fish because his net man was on roids. Yes. Yes. Okay. That joke didn't go as good as I thought, but go ahead. Maybe, maybe with the people that knew you and how big you were, a chest <laughs> circumference of 52 inches. But they were bitching about the gear, like the fishing rod. They were saying that you were just on steroids. Could be. Because yeah. that that netting performance was just so high class and, and uh, high end that only someone on steroids could execute such a, a, a graceful job. You just so. flexed your forearm and that button came flying out of there. Popped out. Okay, but so that, you know, that's funny because while that fish is flopping, my buddy's like, "What are you doing?" He's looking at me screaming, "Like, why isn't this fish going in a net?" <laughs> like, I don't know. It's on a musky trampoline, more or less. So, it, it, it was exactly like it kept flopping on this thing, I, I, you know. And I, I'm looking at the boat, thinking, "Am I on a cleat or something?" I, I didn't realize it's on my sleeve. That was incredible. So, we could let's talk about the net job, though. So I think that's interesting about a purist fly guy and i've fished with him before 
and he he's he's not a hundred percent. He'll do both occasionally, you know. Yes. And but it, he prefers to fly fish. There's just people like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what they want to do. So that's absolutely fine. But all joking aside, in fly fishing, you're saying that you have to handle this fish from hook set to release without a net. So well, what, this is dude, so, so the what, guys, the guys who what, fish for like the natives, like the native trout, and they don't want to, they don't even take them out of the water kind of stuff. Oh, I thought like, you were talking about like you, the eighteen hundred, but okay. You you literally can hold those things in your hand with a those natives there yeah. as yeah. big as your palm. But I'm just saying I'm just saying that let's get off the trout subject. What do you think in musky perspective? If you're a purist fly guy, should you be using a net? Or well, they, they all do. Okay. So the, the the purest culture comes from that trout mentality and don't hurt the fish and it's nature and all that stuff the musky guys okay so they still want to have that level of i'm a fly guy um but man they're, they're not embracing all the culture that came with that because you'd be out of your mind trying to handle some <laughs> uh handle some of these fish so that that just hasn't permeated into the musky fly culture okay. they've accepted that netting is a critical part to the safety of the fish themselves and it probably the sucks guys, that they're behind the eight ball right from the get go. And by the time they get one, you know the the one in the one in six that actually stay pinned. Now you're going to put one in ten. You actually get to like put a hand on. Okay, yeah. so so let me let me let me counter with this. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the net is dangerous to fish. So you're saying they should be bogan them? I know that. When we just unhooked the fish at the boat, and Todd can attest to this, they're a lot less unscathed than when I put them in the net. Well, and I don't know if there's an argument against that. It's just if you want a picture, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you need the tool. <laughs> but you know, you put the you put the fish in the net, and it gets all scarred up. The tails bleed, the fins bleed. Um. You'll see crazy looking markings on the side from them thrashing around in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just playing the other side. Obviously, we do this all the time and we do it both ways. We care less. But I'm just, I, I, I just brought this to light to see if there is that purist out there that thinks that even the net is bad to use for musky fly fishing. That's what, what my. What I was trying to no, I, I think okay. So I think just for, again, I'm not I'm not a, a musky fly guy, wholly. You know that I just kind of I'm on the fringe of that community. <laughs> I'm on the fringe of like every community, I guess. I'm not really in any of them. But so what seems to kind of have made their way from the trout world is like the single barbless hook. Like the treble hook on a fly seems to be a little bit like oh, no, you know you're you're you're, mm-hmm. you're you're away from the purism and protecting the fish. The netting part has not made that because again, I guess these guys realize even if it's a single hook, I'm not reaching down to try to grab this fish. So all these guys net. And the weird thing is, and I'm going to get crucified for saying this, 
their nets are always too small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why. yeah. Do you guys pinch barbs done? Um, On your musky flies? I don't, because I you need all yeah. the advantage yeah. I can. Yeah. I just make sure I wear a hoodie, so if it gets impaled in my head, at least mm-hmm. there's a, a dampening effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. But there's a lot of guys that do. Mm-hmm. Again, since I'm not a purist on anything. But so, like, my yeah. net I use is huge. It's the biggest net, like, that's legal. The bag is yeah. forever deep. So when I get a fish in it, I don't lift the fish out of the water that really causes an alligator roll and all that scarring. He just kind of gets in the net, and now he's in a big netted aquarium. Mm-hmm. But what happens with I see some of these fly guys, um, they have nets that are meant for like a salmon, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because they got drift boats that just want to accommodate a 44 by 48 inch net with a six foot back. Mm-hmm. So now you got a problem of when you do get that big fish. Now, fortunately, my buddy has a big bag, big net because I kind of talked him into it because I made fun of his net um, of what he had. So, <laughs> you jerk. so he had a big net. So it was you just need a net man that can drop the bag and it'd have been OK. But so that's the the thing. So they, they use the nets, but I've seen guys with like nets that are just too small. And it's like you said, then they hold them up and they have the flyer on the picture. And I'm not criticizing all, all fly guys because it's not all of them. But, you know, then you see like the torn up fins and stuff. And you realize, well, I'm sure I know where that came from because you see like the, the net there, the net. 24 inch hoop on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I'm not I'm not throwing the fly community out there because I love yeah. fly fishing, but it's just what I see. Right. And I'm, I'm a lot of the guys I know are, are wading the streams. I mean, yeah. these musky nets. What? I've never in. I've never. I've never ever taken my net to this, any of the stream fishing I've ever done. What yeah. the heck are you going to do? You drag around a net. You know, I'm just going to say. I mean, I I have the boga in my pocket. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I don't use it. But I mean, how the heck do you walk up, up and down a stream with, as you're saying, a 48 inch net? You know, right? Now, you guys are out in a boat, but. That, that's different but honestly i've never taken a net on one of my usually i don't even take the boga i mean a lot of times i just go but when you're waiting i get them into shallow water and uh you know oftentimes the pictures look like this fly or the fly pictures you know i'll pick i'll yeah. set the camera up and i'll pick the fish up by the tail and hold them underneath yeah then i just unhook them and let them swim away you know if i even do take ba- a picture but do yeah. you balance the rod on the back of your neck i do not do that i put it in my mouth <laughs> Oh, no, there, oh, nice. Yeah. There we go. Another nice shot. Yeah, yeah I hold it in my teeth. <laughs> oh, man. I, I've seen pictures of Todd where he put it, uh, like, between his ear and his skull like a copper, carpenter's pencil. That's right. <clears throat> yes. That, and it, it serves as a selfie stick, too. Gonna, I'm going to say that using those nets, when you're in such shallow a water and say you're you're casting into an eddy, it's tough to net them in a foot of water, you know, yeah. it's, it can kind of just screw up the whole thing. That's, that's why uh, a good, uh, you know, a, a tool that I'm bringing back this year is I'm bringing back the gaff. So in those shallow <laughs> waters, you just put it right to the side of the fish. <laughs> they don't get the away 22. when you do that. Oh, when you're on yeah. the boat, a drift boat, I mean, there's no doubt that the, the, the net works really well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier than when you're waiting. Yeah, so it's a great fish, and it was great. I'm sure it was great to be involved in that, man. That's well, a Pennsylvania fifty incher and fly fishing, you know. Well, and awesome. so I, I always talk about you know the benefit of all techniques because this was my mission to explore a full year with the fly and what I felt. Okay, where does trolling excel? Where does conventional gear, not just gear, mm-hmm. excel and fly excel? And so 
you know, in this trip, stupid me, if I'd have started out with a fly, not that there's envy because I'm very happy for my buddy, but it makes you wonder, like, did I throw this jerkbait over this fish's head and he's an but the fly triggered him? I don't know, you know? I, yeah. I yeah. would think the other way. Know. You brought that fish up, and he just happened to take sloppy seconds. Uh, well, you know. You know, maybe maybe the jerkbait disturbance got the fish interested in the first place, so he just hit the next uh, thing. You know, so I had two assists. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. So I think I should get half a replica, at least a head coming <laughs> out of the wall. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about this. The, the net man in the boat—that is a very difficult skill to master. Mm-hmm. I think it's just as just as important as the hook set when you're casting. And if you're going to net one. Well, and like I said, I thought it was decent. But apparently I'm not. <laughs> things happen. Things happen, yeah. No, yeah. Thing, thing, things happen, but it's definitely... Uh, Inexcusable. You know, required. Oh, <laughs> Inexcusable. I thought I was going to finish your sentence, but okay. No, <laughs> it's inexcusable. But it's it's a difficult thing to do, you know. Yeah. To, to net that fish, because generally you're in front, in a perfect scenario, you're in front of the fisherman who has the fish on his line and the rod in his hand and you're tr- now trying to read this fish into when to scoop it right um and i think that that is one of the most pivotal times uh in the experience so you have that's something that shouldn't be overshadowed that's why you know a lot of the musky stuff is is team oriented you got to be on the same page um, when you when you're going to that. Uh, well, and, and, and what I found out too, not to interrupt, but like I've met in Muskie in a lake. When you're in moving water, and this was, you know, it wasn't the rapids we ended up in, but it just the water speed kept getting faster and faster, which I found makes it more of a challenge too, because when you stick the net in the water, that resistance is pushing the net away from the fish or into the fish, depending which way you're angled. Absolutely. There's netting, so it's not much, but there is a big rim. So it was just a we just overall. Um, I'm, I'm happy it turned out like it did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it sure. gave me a, a new perspective on how to net in moving water. Yeah, moving water is terrible. So we caught that big one at Prime Tuming the other couple weeks back, and mm-hmm. we the wind was was banging into this uh, this rock wall, and. Uh, we were so tight. We, you know, we caught this fish in two foot of water, mm-hmm. um, and the wind. Uh, we got off the wheel. We cleared the rods, and I'm sitting there with the net, and we're getting pushed into this, this, this rock wall, and I'm screaming reverse, reverse, like someone's at the re- at the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> and no one's no one's there. I'm like, oh my god! I was like, I have to abandon this right now, or we're going to wreck uh arrange your boat into a bunch of rocks right now um so it's moving water makes everything horrible yeah okay <clears throat> before we move to a different subject i got another question for you yep all right so if that fish would have come unpinned whether through the battle or horrible netting mm-hmm. um there's always that time of reflection i'm gonna say oh man we should have done this how big was it this and that where do you think the conversation would have settled on the length of that fish would you guys have made the leap 
or would you have downplayed it? No, it would have been 48, 48 and a half. Cause that's the call we were making the net. Cause it's just bad luck. In my opinion, to ever call a 50, unless it's like a 57, you just don't do it. So, and plus it makes the sting of losing the fish a little less. Like, ah, oh, it was 48. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Good fish. Don't worry about it. You know? Well, see, that's interesting because, you know, all of us have heard the stories of the, oh, we had a 50 at the boat and it got off. And how many of those are like, are you up playing this one? Or do yeah. you want to intentionally downplay it to where you don't want to bring that story back up? That's, you know, they're all fish stories. So it's no, just, which no. which way did you guys want to go with it? Well, like I said, for pain, uh, it's under 50. <laughs> uh, and I'm conservative to begin with, so... You know, I lost a lot of big smallmouth that I just said, oh, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't a seven-pounder, I'm okay, but it might have been. So you just kind of downplay it so that you can move on. Um, like I said, if it was a 55 and you knew it was huge and you lost it, those are hard to fool yourself into thinking it was less. Um, but we, we would have been like, ah, upper 40s, great catch, sorry, I screwed your net job. You know, it's the skier I'm on. You know, it would have been just like that. <laughs> he might have thrown me in still, um, but that's, that's probably how it would have gone. Well, yeah. I'm glad it didn't end up that way. Me neither. <laughs> so, okay, changing gears here. The the, the whole, oh, gosh, I just said gear again. Um, the uh, Let's go back to like, I don't know, not quite a year ago. Yeah, maybe okay. a little bit more. This is this is a, a story that that was a slow boil. And when was the first time that you saw my 617 do you remember um well so the first I, I, I honestly my buddies my bass buddies all fish rangers they've had since i was in grade i remember being like five years old sitting in my buddy's dad's orange like first ranger you know it was far cry from what they are today but they've been ranger families forever so I've always been a big fan of rangers but the, the constraints i had on me is where i keep my boat the garage is small so all these rangers like 618s or 1880s or anything you guys have that are out there just would never fit. So a ranger on my radar was never there. In comes Andy and says, hey, I'm thinking of buying a new boat. Check this out. And he sends me photos of a 617 that I never knew existed. Very narrow year range that they made those. So yeah. anyways, um, I end up getting one. Unless I cut you off on something here. I end up getting one. No, and yeah, then... that's exactly. Yeah. So so when you ask about first being on my radar, it's before you even bought it. It's when you started sending pictures. Yeah. So, and yeah. like I, I was sending you a whole bunch of different ones. I remember in, in like a text conversation, like through the course of what could be a couple days or an afternoon. I don't even remember. It, it time blurs stuff. I'd send mm-hmm. you all of these. And you're like, where are you finding all of these? Because they're just very hard to find. Yes. And, uh, you know, so finally... I get one, everything works out, and it's delivered here, and, you know, I'm happy. I don't know when, like, the first time you came over to look at it. I don't know when that was. It was pretty did quick. You, did you give uh, Gearman the the absolute selling point of the boat that somebody passed on to you, Andy? That was just an was just... ABC always be closing once you heard the info. 
I am drawing a blank right now. ABC. Oh, you 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 asked somebody that fished out of them religiously. Oh my gosh. I thought you had like actual world words of wisdom here. Okay. So what Vance was talking about is there was a person uh, who may or may not have ever been on our podcast at any point in time. Um, who was hot. Very good. Very well. I, I, I'm not going to speak for their substance use. Um, they, they also happened at, at, at a certain time in their uh, existence owned a 617. And, while I was looking at that, I said, well, what would be better than getting, you know, I know someone that has one of these. So let me reach out to them uh, via Facebook and ask them the, the the basic question of, I'm looking to get one of these boats. Uh, what do you think of them? You know, blah, blah, blah. Just like a, a nice general, I don't really talk to you all that much, but give me a rundown on, on what you feel. And uh, truer words have never been spoken. I mean, literally, like when I opened up this message, my phone just like started glowing gold. Like these are the words. <laughs> and um, I was not let down at all by the effort put into the reply. It's good and big in small waters. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was the message. I asked like a really nice, hey, as an acquaintance, can you give me a rundown? It's good and big in small waters. <laughs> and at that moment, that moment, I was just like, I got to have it. It's got to be mine. I mean, it says it right here. It's, it's good, big in small waters. Mm-hmm. We've actually taken that, and that's our, our golden rule when Todd and I are looking at people are looking at a the 1880 and the 2080 that's what you say and it's a it's a done deal you know maybe ranger ranger needs to change their uh, motto to that there's a uh i do see a pattern here steve you know what type yeah. of guy is it you know to get you interested in he now you purchased a boat and you've also bought a shark because of this guy oh, i've done a lot of he's, he's good at of spending other people's money <laughs> I, 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 I don't even want to bring up another person who I've probably influenced just in the past 12 months over a hundred grand worth of purchases. I'm not going to bring up this person's name. They are not on the podcast. I can tell you that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, they're definitely not in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, so. hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's all everything I own. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it, it, so to get back to, I guess, get back to your point, Andy, is so again, he sends me these texts and it's like, oh, man, 617, when he invites me over to see it. And I happen to be in town because I live, I live away from Andy, but uh, I frequent his area my, uh, often. So I come over and we get out a tape measure. And because my my whole restriction size. So as we measure this thing, I said, man, nobody, one of these might fit in my garage. But I wasn't in the position to ever execute that sale because, you know, there's, there's a lot of dialogue that goes on with the wife that you have to transition to that. So it was just a passing interest at the time, which was about a year ago, I guess. Um, so if you, if you want to continue your side of the story, Andy, where well, you, yeah, we, we did measure the boat up and you went and measured it very excitedly. And, you know, we double checked measurements and we're like, I think it, 
I think it's going to fit. It's going to be tight, but it's going to fit. And we ended up going fishing um, out of it. And, you know, you, you fell in love with it, you know, almost immediately with yep. just just the, the, the overall size and the, the more family-friendly layout as compared to my mm-hmm. previous boat. And, you know, it just was always, I don't want to say, like, I, I could I could tell like there was a defeated shadow in the back of your head, just like I'm never going to be able to you know never never ever will I be able to put my name on a title on one of these and but you know kind of moving forward from there I would occasionally just screenshot something and send it over to you and it's like hey here's one for you and just keeping it in the back of your mind because I'm the kind of guy that's if you're going to do something. Like not just like a one-time deal. If you're going to do something, do it right. Do it the way you want because this, you know, you got you got one trip. That's that's about it. You're pretty soon you're going to be well, too old and have regrets. So see, the funny thing is, you describe yourself as that guy that kind of keeps kind of reminding you. Others might view you as like a tick that burrows deeper into the skin. <laughs> kind of like, tick. Oh, I think your end goal is to spend <laughs> I like this. money. Leafly, <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> so, well, yeah, but so what? So this this mastermind here. So he'll send me photos of this boat, but this boat seems to be very popular in Minnesota, North Dakota range. That's All correct. Right? Yep. So again, he'll say, "Hey, here's one in like Bismarck," and so it's just like, "Okay, this ain't happening" because I'm not driving there, nor my you know. Andy went through a whole process to get it delivered and everything. So just so in my brain, it's like. Well, to be clear, you also offered to drive out to Minnesota. To pick up my boat in exchange for using it to fish on various lakes on the way back. Well, and that also was because I was going to go to Thorn Brothers and pick up a custom fly rod that were going to charge me a fortune to ship, which would have been about gas money. So there was a little bit ulterior motive there. So, yes, I did. Um, unfortunately, that all fell through, but I did offer that. <laughs> so now he's shopping for you. Yeah. So, well, I, I shop so for everybody. I mean, I, I see something and I just got like, I'm a screenshot and fiend. I'm shooting text off everywhere. Like, Hey, check this out. Yeah. Might want to consider this, but so let me, let me fast forward in if you don't mind. So that um, the podcast isn't like four hours long. Cause we can make it as such. But so Andy sends me a picture of this beautiful six seventeen in uh, Minnesota. So again, I know it's not a possibility, but at this point, I broached the subject with my wife and said, Hey dear, here's the deal. Our girls are getting older. You know, my boat can't do water sports. There's no tubing. I can't fit five of us in a boat. So I start this process of planting a seed, planting a seed. So the funny thing was my wife, um, you know, I guess I I said, I talked about this a few days and one day she went down and did, did our exercise exercise bike routine came upstairs and I'm at the timing of this was ridiculous because 10 minutes before she came upstairs, here comes another text from Andy, this beautiful <laughs> white, uh, it has a black bottom with a white side hall, white into, inter- uh, in green interior. Okay. Dual console. It's just like beautiful. And it's in Ohio. So now we're talking. So I get this text. I'm excited. My wife comes up and says to me, you know, I've been thinking, if you want to do this with the boat, go ahead. Mm. Well, you don't tell me twice. <laughs> you grab the car keys and they're like, 
okay, I got, I'll be, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well so, so it gets better. I said, Andy, I think I got the green light on this. He goes in capital text, call them. Yes. I said, well, I said, you know, what do you, what, what, I'm asking him questions about the boat. He says, stop texting and call them. <laughs> Little. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, so. Is that's true. Persistent. Yes. So I call. And I said, hey, you got a 617? He said, well, here's the deal. Um, a guy's offering to trade it in. But the problem is because the weather's bad, he takes such good care of this boat. He doesn't want to drive it here to get uh, the salt to ding the clear coat. So he's not willing to drive it yet. So I just wanted to list it for him. And you're the fifth call. Yeah, so I, I want to I want to interject here. This was a boat. I believe I also, on when I saw this boat, there was another acquaintance of mine that was also in the market for a boat very similar to this, and I believe I tagged that person when I saw this come up, and I saw a whole bunch of other comments coming on it. So I just, and I think I just screenshot it and sent it to you, and I yeah. got you the uh, like the number and all that stuff like that. So yeah. this was this was on Facebook. A lot of people were jonesing for it, and yeah. I pretty much said, you know, just as you said, call them now. Yeah. So. So I say to the guy, this is on a Saturday, I said, where's the boat? He said, it's in Chautauqua. Oh, I my said, gosh. I said, I guess what? I'm going to Chautauqua Monday. Yeah. Because really? I said, yes. Call the owner and tell him I want to stop by. Now, granted, I wasn't going to Chautauqua Monday. Uh, I was taking off work to specifically go because I thought, I'm <laughs> jumping these four other people in line. Yeah. So the guy gets a hold of the owner. The owner says, sure, come on Monday. I, I, you know, I work close. Uh, so guess what? I get in the car Monday morning, and my wife goes, where are you going? I said, well, go look at a boat. You said it's good. She said, no, I didn't. And I'm thinking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't renege on this right now. Yeah, I said, it's too late. I already got the guy. It's already, it's already done deal. Yeah. Pretty much, because I'm. Yeah. I'm bringing a checkbook with me. This is happening. <laughs> so, so, so this is a crazy thing about this is that I I got mine in Western Minnesota because I couldn't find anything local. I I absolutely love my boat. It's not I'm you know I'm not like you know upset or salty about the the distance there, but it, it's just I had to reach whatever twelve hundred miles to get mine. Because I was under the impression that there, you know, I'm not completely dumb in thinking that there can't be one of these boats somewhere around here. But, you know, to have it within 60 miles, have one of them. And when I found out that it was actually up, you know, on like Chautauqua Lake, I started asking, I think, both Vance and Todd, have you seen one of these on the lake? Because if anyone has seen those boats, it would have been one of you two. With the amount of time you spend on that lake, you normally pick up a lot of boats, especially ones fishing, um, just seeing them and by chance. And I, you guys are like, no, I don't, I don't recall seeing that boat. So I'm just, you know, a little baffled that there's just mm-hmm. this one in essentially my back pocket. And not that I'm, you know, all knowing of everyone's boats in this area, but so it's yeah. just, it was a crazy thing. And the fact that it was, at Chautauqua was enough of a barrier for these other people that, you know, other possible buyers that it was difficult, you know, not difficult, just 
enough out of the way to not make the trip. And they're just going to sit and I'm going to be the first one to come to the dealer when it comes in. Yeah. But you took the fight to them. So continue. Why did dude text to me in all caps, call him and make this happen. So I had to, I had to step up my game. Okay. Yeah, that you can't. There's no turning around now. I wouldn't be talking little to you. Little do, you, little do you know, Andy's wanted to trade you. you uh, <laughs> he has brought up something to that effect, but uh, oh, yeah. all right. So, but since the fun, so I go up there, I see the boat. Okay, so I'm an engineer. This dude's an engineer. I know we're weird. This guy has kept this boat in a climate-controlled garage, set exactly at like 52 degrees. For the life of the boat. So he's the original <laughs> owner. Well, actually, no. He bought it. It was a year old. He bought it from Minnesota. Oh, there you go. And it had a year on But the cover was never on it. It's like a the cover is, is like almost 20 years old and looks brand new. So he only took it out fishing when it was 52 also. So I don't know. He, he, him, yeah. he, uh, he went to keep it in that temperature. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't afraid to do anything. Yeah. I mean, he was thinking be- about was- resale. I guess the, be- the, bo- the boat is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I said, why would you sell this? He said, you know, all my life I worked so hard and I've never owned a new boat because cause this was a year old. So it's kind of new, but I want a new boat. I've worked hard. My kids are out. I'm, you know, so he got a, a brand new boat. It was on order. Um, and he wanted to make sure that this sale was executed before his boat came in. I said, I'm executing yeah. Uh, you know, so we called the dealer. You're and I said, okay, I'm executing. Yes. So All here's caps. where it gets really, here's where it gets weird. I live in PA. Boat's in New York. He's trading it in on a boat in Ohio. So I got to execute the sale through the dealership in Ohio while I'm sitting in New York with the guy in the boat. So we call the dealer and says, hey, he's using this as trade in. I want to buy it, but I got to trade it. So he says, well, then you got to bring your trade into Ohio. Then once you give me trade in, we agree on a price, final payment. He has to send the titles from New York to Ohio. Title in Ohio. Then I got to give them to you. You got a title in PA and go get the boat in New York. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm willing to do the process. Well, COVID-19 hits. And, and the process just got a lot more complicated. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is all happening, right, like early March. And, and there was and also felt- another thing that I feel that should be brought up. He he was a little bit nervous about the delivery date of his new boat in that he also said that may or may not have been in a joking term, I might want to use this if my boat doesn't come in on time. Well, so the weird thing was, and I'm not going to throw anybody to the bus, but what happened was I'm, I'm ready to execute sale. So what I did was... The day after I was in New York, I got my boat, took it to Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay. I left it in Akron and he said he started negotiating a low price because I didn't have a trolling motor on it because I gave the trolling motor to my buddy I fly fish with because it was an old trolling motor I didn't need. There was so the guy goes, Okay. What's that? I was going to say there was there was a little bit of a uh, couple hours of my time getting that your boat ready to go to action. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. So before I, <laughs> I forgot about this might be a four hour podcast. So I forgot about that. So I told Andy, I said, Hey, I'm taking my boat to Akron. I want my trolling motor off and my electronics off because they're like more than the boat is. So can you help me? Of course I have no to problem. say yes. 
yeah, so poor Andy, you know, he doesn't say no to anybody. That's so right. in the meantime, I bring him the old electronics I had to put back on. So he takes my side imaging unit off. And in the meantime, I'm taking the trolley motor off, the new trolley motor I had off. And then he unpackages the old, <laughs> the old transducer. Okay, so yeah, we, we, we took off. We yeah, we took off the 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 nice color units, uh, sonars, GPS combos off of his boat, <coughs> and I'm like, oh, this is going to be cake. I'm just going to go plop this on there, run this wire, uh, two, you know, a positive negative, and we're ready to rock. Um, the transducer cable um, was was different um, in that it was in two pieces, not one. And you really wanted a, a unit on this prior to trade-in. You were worried about uh, value. So I don't know if anyone's ever cut a transducer cable before. Steve has. I know this firsthand. Um, yes, I have. <laughs> there's a lot of little wires inside that big, thick black wire. So yeah. what would have been a wham-bam turned into... I'm now soldering all the same color wires together. I didn't even know you could do that with that little wire. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Well, there's no option. I, at that point, it, it, it's, yeah. it's at AZ headquarters. It has to leave correctly. So <laughs> I'm going to bring. I want to bring something up right before 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 I forget. Yeah. On like you're talking about the trade, and so you take it to this guy, and he says, "Well, it doesn't have a trolling motor." You know, I've only. I've, I've never really tr- traded many boats, but I know people that do. And I know like, even when, when it's funny how they brought that up because either way, if there's a trolling motor under, you could walk in with an older boat, like you said, and say, well, yeah, you know, so the motor's worth the, you know, I know the region only worth 3000, but I just put a new trolling motor on here and I spent 1500 for it. And they're like, well, that really doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the, what they will tell you. Yes. You, they. I mean, there's no doubt, you know, well, you, so, oh, well, you can't get that much out of that. You know, it, it doesn't count. <laughs> well, what hit me, though, Todd, was, and I'll get back to Andy's soldering story. I said, well, he was digging me for 500 on a boat that he was only giving me 5,000 for. Yeah, yeah. For, for no trolling motor. So I'm thinking, but if I had, like, the unit, the trolling motor I had on that was worth 2,000, he's not giving me seven. <laughs> no, he would have given you five. Yes. It, it would have exactly. been the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would offer you the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll get to the trolling motor part because that's another interesting part. But back to Andy. So there's Andy, a mad scientist, uh, soldering like nine wires together. And he has this big board out and they're spread out like it's surgery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and somehow the guy, he like soldered them together, isolated them with insulation, taped them up, and the dang thing works perfect. It fired I up. I was, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised that the screen lit up and it went into simulation mode because, like Todd, I'm like, I don't, man, yeah, I know it's I, just a connector, so but small. Yeah. I, it was, it was, I don't want to say it was a miracle, but there was a lot of tedious, let's get this separated, let's get this nice and just go slow. But then now I had to hide a splice in the transducer cable. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy just has simulator mode, but he doesn't know that yet. So. Yes, that, that that does get a lot of people, at least for a little bit. No, I mean we turned it on. It yeah. like I said, it fires up, it works, gives you display. You know, so uh, we weren't even anticipating any readback, but it, it was it was there. So it worked. And then mounting the transducer, that was another. I had to break open like just 
nothing nothing went easy with that transducer cable. And no. I ended up just like, you know what? It's it's getting late. I got work tomorrow. I need to seal this because you know, the, the screw, you know, like the original unit came off. Then they put another, like the side imaging on. Then we took that off. Now there's holes all through the back of the transom. So I just said, screw it. I grabbed a brand new thing of caulking, you know, cut the tip off of it, poked it open, and used essentially the equivalent of three or four drips of silicone. And now it's like, eh, it's probably going to be junk here by tomorrow because it's going to freeze up in the tip, you know, cure in the tip and whatever. But it's getting you out the door. And that's what was number one. I I appreciate the sacrifice. You got to. (laughs) Laying it all out there. Yeah. So after Andy's effort that night, I take the boat to Akron the mor- next morning. And like I said, he says, oh, nice shape. You took care of this. Good, but there's no trolling motor. I'm, I can only give you 4,500. And I, I wanted at least five, you know. I said, I, I know this boat can go for seven. It's a nice boat. He goes, yeah, but there's no trolling motor. So I said, I'll be back. I'm getting a trolling motor. And I call my poor buddy out in central PA saying, is that the fly guy? This. Yes. You just said, netted his big I kinda, fish. <laughs> yeah, I know I kind of lent you this, and I said you could keep it because he was going to try to get a new one anyway. And uh, and he said, well, listen, I'm coming to the Muskie Max next weekend anyway. No problem. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that you lent it to me. So he brought me the motor. Perfect. So, yeah, so I get the motor. Well, you know, soon after Muskie Max, things start shutting down. Yeah. Big time. And so there's rumor that Ohio's closing. And I'm telling myself, if I don't get this deal now, I don't know what's going to happen because everything's going to delay. So I told the guy, I said, are you open today? Because we're open until 7 and that might be it. I said, I'm, I'm coming. It's like 4 <laughs> o'clock. You know? And I said, and I got your trolling motor. You get the paperwork done. I got your check. This is happening. So I raced to, uh, excuse me, I raced to Ohio, get there just in time. I drop off his trolling motor. Uh, we execute the sale. He wanted to shake my hand. I said, I'm sorry, not in today's day and age. I'll give you like, you know, a faux fist bump or something. And I'm out. So I'm gone. I, I officially own the boat. I call the guy in New York and say, hey, here's the thing. Like, I got a bill of sale for your boat. I said, I knew you New York's getting hit hard. Uh, but what do you want to do? He goes, well, do me a favor. Call me in two weeks. We'll see where this is going. And then we'll kind of execute something. I'm thinking, okay, I took enough work off to get all this done. I'm okay with a few weeks. I'm not going to go fishing anyway in March. Well, those two weeks turned into like three weeks, and then we're going on four weeks, and I'm getting antsy now because I want a boat. It's bought and paid for, but... Yes, the titles came from Ohio, uh, but I can't like transfer into PA yet, but I, I think I have 30 days or something. I think there might be a little forgiveness on that because of what's going on. So I finally called the guy. Excuse me. And I said, listen, like smallmouth season's coming. I need the boat. And he goes, well, you know, my boat got delayed. I said, I, I know. I'm sorry. Can I get mine? You know? <laughs> so, so I said, do me, here's the deal. Leave it outside with everything. Put the cover on. I'll hitch it up. You'll never even see me. You have no exposure. I mean, I've been in my house for a month anyway, but just in case. So he was cool with that. So I drove it up. Hitched up, finally hitched it up. I take it back, uh, put it on a, a local lake close to Andy. And Andy's like, let me know what it's like. Tell me top speed. I want RPMs. You know him. He's, oh, yeah. he's all gearing for it. 
He wants you to buy a new motor already. No. Yes, because he, no. <laughs> he says, listen, you know what I can do? I'll buy your motor. You can get a new one. His has a VMAX 150 on it, and I only have a 130. So yeah. I feel inadequate now. So so this boat moves. I mean, it's like, it, you know, I ran out of real estate on this lake because you, you only can go so far. Oh. So I only got up to 44 miles an hour, but I could have probably gone more if I had more stretch. So Andy's like, I, you know, my math says you should get 48 out of that. And I said, well, if I take it here, you should talk when I got open. We'll, we'll figure it out. But 44, I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so long story short, I finally have possession of the boat that has a New York registration number on that's titled in my name in the state of Ohio with a trailer plate on in Pennsylvania that's not registered yet in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, And you yeah, can't even it. touch it. Like you can't well, physically walk out of your house and touch it right now. No, because I keep it at a, a remote place. It's 120 miles from your house. It is 120 miles away. So I can't even walk out and tinker with it. But that's okay. It's it's physically where I could get to it now. Will it you get in it. your will it fit in your garage? Well, so that was the thing. <laughs> so I take it to the lake first because I'm I want to fall in love with it so I know that I'm just gonna make it work somehow. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how much am I going to have to pay Andy a month to rent his space? <laughs> you know, my plan B. Mm-hmm. So I take it back, and I, you know, open the garage door, and so I start backing it in. And man, it's tight on the sides, but it's okay, yeah. you know. And then I back it out a foot and see where I'm at. Back it in a foot, then I have to trim the motor down. Back it in, back it in, and I get it in. I got about mm-hmm. six inches on the back end and about two inches in the front. Mm-hmm. Swing tongue allows it to fit. Close the garage door, and it's in. Nice. So it, yeah, you couldn't get in any tighter than that. No. Uh, what's What's nice is you can kind of walk around the back because of the fact that it's the blade of the motor that's like away, so you can kind of step over and get around. Yep. So it so you don't have to open like the garage door to get uh, around the front or back. So, but the crazy thing, so I will say this, you know, I fished out of my buddies and this is, you guys talk about Ranger boats and how great they are. And I fished out of my buddies, Rangers, and there's a weird feel of kind of mass in the feel of the, the fiberglass. That's nice. Cause my whole life was out of an aluminum, which aluminums are good, but they're more industrial kind of and, and lightweight. Whereas that fiberglass. So when I first took it on the lake and I, I fished for just a little bit, and I kind of leaned over and, and touched the gunnel. It was like such a nice feeling. <laughs> and the wind doesn't blow it across the lake as fast because there's mass to it. And it was just, oh man, I, th- I kept texting Andy. I said, this fish is like a dream, buddy. Mm-hmm. This handles big water and small. It's good, it's good on both. Just ask. Mass, on gear. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, so. <laughs> hey, I don't want to. Uh... You know, I, I, I don't want to uh, encroach on your marriage or anything, Steve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's no, no, no man should ever do that. Um, but that day you were driving up and I, and I don't, like I said, you should check your wife's text messages because I know <laughs> for good that, Steve, that, that, that Andy texted her. I don't know how he got her number or anything like that. I'm sure it's all cordial, but he texted her a couple things that said, put in big water, 
good and small one. Good and small. <laughs> you don't know how much work behind the scenes I did for you, Steve. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> and once once she saw that, it was it was a done deal. You know, <laughs> that might have been it. That might have been why when she got on that exercise bike, that text text might have come through. I'm telling you, it was a change of attitude. I know. It's... Now, what I will say, um, since then, um, it's kind of been used against me, which I anticipated. <laughs> so I think I'll be getting a new kitchen floor this year, which is going to cost a fortune because the kitchen floor just doesn't stop at the kitchen. She wants the dining room and living room and family room yeah. all redone. So I think I'm getting a whole new first floor uh, flooring, which is going to be more than probably the boat. But that's okay. That <laughs> evens the playing field. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Would you play final? No, she she wants she wants like some, tanzanite or some what something man. It's 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 ain't gonna be cheap. I started counting square footage and I'm like, oh lord, you can't put hardwood in a kitchen. There's no hardwood. What does she want? She wants like stone. Like, um, yeah. Okay. It's you gonna can't be, be like, doing that in the living room. It'd be freezing, and you're gonna no, have to no, get so, it the heat. No, no. No, no, it'll be in the uh, main entry hall, into the kitchen, and then hardwood in the other two. Because we got mm. carpet up now, and she doesn't like the carpet. Oh, God. You're screwed. Yeah, so this, <laughs> this boat effectively is going to probably cost me like 35000 with the price <laughs> of the boat and the flooring. Yeah, but you, you should have went bigger than that. you got to understand this. So, like, I'm kind of in the same uh, arena with – with Steve on this, they're going to get what they want anyway. Yeah. At least get something you want out of you it want, yeah. because <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. that there was no. That, yeah. That, that's where it was going to happen. Yes, it yes, was. You're right. Maybe not right now during the COVID, <laughs> but it was going to happen. Now it'll happen no matter regardless. Yeah. Well, and so I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I'm sorry to transition to another thing and I don't want to extend the podcast anymore, but I got another item coming. Uh, that's kind of coming at the same time that was not cheap either. So I'm afraid when this sucker arrives, uh, I might be doing a lot more than the flooring. So, uh, you know, so I don't yeah. know if you want, to, you want me to bring it up or not, Andy. Well, but. Well, you, you might as well. So, okay, I'm, I'll preference this. There are times, like, you can go long stretches in your life that you don't get any, like, you know, like the big gift at Christmas. You always want to be getting that big gift at Christmas. Well, now that, you know, a lot of people are older that that are kind of in my age bracket, they don't really get the big gifts at Christmas, but occasionally you get the big gift of life, you know, in life, and one of them being like a boat, another one is just, you know, being a high Exactly. something like that. And I I don't have to explain any further. Occasionally when the planets align, you can somehow it just starts raining these big items on you. Yes. And this happened to be the case just, you know, this was a long time coming, longer than you looking for 617s, what's Correct. about to show up. <laughs> yes. It is not one, but three yes. things. What are those three so, things? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, like in my mind, I have thresholds of fish that if I catch them, I'm going to get a replica. So for being like a 50-inch muskie, well, I happened to catch one, and, and I got a beautiful replica of it. Uh, you guys all know the shark story. Now, that wasn't really a threshold, but it was a cool memory. <laughs> so yeah. 
and it made a cool story. So I have a shark uh, mouth, and my wife and I. Uh, One of the best podcasts ago, ever. But go ahead. Yeah, the shark. <laughs> but my wife and I, years ago, when King Salmon fishing out in Lake Ontario, and had no clue what we were doing, and caught a twenty pounder. So that has a mount. Well, my th- and I'm a big smallmouth fisherman guy. So my my threshold for smallmouth was seven pounds. That's just something. It's not doesn't happen often. So when I caught my first seven pounder, it was the same year I caught my fifty inch muskie. So I said, listen, I don't got money for both of these, so I went with the muskie. Good choice. Well, as as luck would have it, over the next several years, I caught two more three pounder or seven pounders. So the second of the uh, seven pounders was bigger than the first. So I I called up an individual and said, hey, I want to get this one done. So we talked about it. He said, okay, we'll do it. Well, as time like a month went by, and I thought, you know, I'm disrespecting the first seven pounder. Can't play favorites. No, so I call him back. I said, "Hey, can we do two on this?" He said, "Yes, we'll do two on this." And I made up a sketch and I had this thing. So a year goes by. I still don't have the mount. I catch the third seven pounder. I call him back and said, "Did you start yet?" He said, "No." I said, "We're adding another fish." Now <laughs> at this point, he, he probably was arguing with you, like you just can't do three. Two's the well, limit. No, so he was he was okay about it. I I, Why I don't know if be? that reset. Well, but I don't know if that reset the clock on me or what. Because um, a, a year later, I kind of forgot about it. I hate to say that. And so I get my boat like on Monday, and Tuesday comes a text and says, "Hey, your mount's done. It came out fabulous, which it did." <laughs> uh, he goes, "I'm going to be shipping," and I said, "Oh crud!" Like you can't ship uh, it to work. No, I'm not at work. <laughs> So I am shipping it to my parents' house, but now I got to figure out how to get this sucker on the wall to make it seem like it's been there. But it's a huge thing now. It's it's yeah, rocks three, with three, three seven pounders on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like forty eight inches wide. Um, it's close because you got two twenties coming across from the side, so it's it's in the yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, so here's some tips. Okay, mm-hmm. get a table saw over at your dad's and just start cutting mm-hmm. wood near it to get some dust on it. So when you okay. move it in, but you can't disturb the dust, you can't put any smudgy fingerprints on this. You got to get it hung up and just kind of put some stuff around it to make it look like it's been there forever. Yeah. You might be able to, you know, I don't know. You lessen know, like, it. I'm not saying you're going to get away with it, but you could lessen well, it. With the shark, my girls ratted me out. I'd take your daughters to work day. Cause they went to mommy. And said, hey, guy's dark. <laughs> So those three will rat me out in a second. No matter where I put it, I'm getting ratted. I had an addition to my basement uh, there all oh, last fall when my dad was moving and moving into a smaller place. He lives in Florida half the time. So I have got his 52 and a half inch muskie. And I uh, I just took it down and hung it on hung it on the wall. I mean, I, my wife wasn't home. I went over and helped my dad move a few things. And he doesn't have anywhere to put it in a new, new place. So... I hung it downstairs and on the same wall. And I, I, it probably hung there for probably a month before my wife one day just said, when did we get a fourth fish down there? You know, I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> so, but she didn't know this for like a month. She was down every day to do 18 loads of laundry. So, yeah. Yeah. I am. So going... your, daughter did, your, your daughter didn't ranch you out, but she actually noticed no. it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 
she knew it and but it took it, it took a month till my wife noticed it hanging there yeah i got my archery buck back oh probably three months ago maybe maybe somewhere around there i don't even i don't even remember um for the first at least i don't know when vance took his deer off the wall but i had just a screw head sticking out and i got that you know i parked my truck in the in the pole barn and i you know walked into this room and hung it right up and you know wiped my hands clean and just went on with life my wife and kids have not noticed it yet well dude you got 48 million heads in there i know but yeah. there th- this one was like an end and there was a screw head hanging out it wasn't like i rearranged stuff and, and did it it was just like yeah. it was gone for a while and the kids knew that that screw was gone because they always want to know which ones were vance's and we yeah, would go okay. and point them out and you know not that it's that big of a deal. I know, you know, there are a lot of deer there, but um, I know. Well, for me, I'm bringing in a massive display. And now, Andy, you've seen it. I think it looks yes. incredible. It it is one of the, it is not a mount that I would expect to see in someone's house. I would expect to see it at, at a big box store such as Bass Pro yeah. or Cabela's. Bass Pro. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. you know, I'm anal. I drew a diagram for this guy exactly how to position the fish, where I want the lures. So I wanted it very dynamic. And the guy delivered. It's unbelievable. I mean, it like you said, this is a display you'd see in Cabela's. Then I got to maybe that's what I'll say. I want a sweet stick at Cabela's, and they sent it to me. <laughs> maybe that's my play or something. I, I don't know. Long story short, uh, I, I, again, the flooring might extend to the second floor or something. Something's <laughs> going to happen. That's good. Yeah, you Just are good. the mouth was good in big water and small water. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to just go ahead and. Uh... Send that text again. You yeah. may have to. Yeah. <laughs> Help me out, man. Hey, Todd, I don't know if I sent you that picture of that uh, of the mount, but I just sent it to yeah. you now. So yeah, I haven't seen it. So if you want to check it out, what's that? Stunning paint jobs. On just came in. Yeah, check it out. Tell me that's not a big box store. You saw Advance? Uh, yeah, I loved it. Oh, okay, I know. I know they're not musky. Oh yeah, great. I I have a seven pound bass mounted. I hate to admit that, but I have mounted. Well, look at see. Oh, those are the, the, those turned out really nice. <laughs> yeah, he did great with them. No, no wonder it took did two you have, years. Did you have Did you have fish uh, pictures of each particular fish? Yes, I sent yeah. them all pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, from different I, like I, angles. It's neat how different those three fish look, you know, in the same the, species. Yeah. Well, and that was the weird thing. And that's kind of what I like. One's like tiger striped. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The other was a cold water one. So it was just, it had like no markings. And then yeah. the one, the other one kind of more traditional with a little bit of uh, yes. the, yeah. top, the top one looks just like a, yeah, no, sort of, yeah, a little bit of lighter barring and stuff. The bottom one you looks know? insane. Yeah. And so the weird thing, awesome. not to talk about this mouth too much, but you notice the bottom one, his mouth is closed. So mm-hmm. I wanted the progression of the strike. The second one's going to, yeah. Like, and then the third one's going to have a lure in its mouth. So it's kind of, yeah, yeah. it tells a story, three different, yeah, so it's a long great. story short, put a lot of obsession into this. Um, and so I'm pleased, but like I said, I wish it would have spaced out with all this good news happening <laughs> in one week. You know. When but it rains, it does pours. incredible work. Yeah. So it's, it's, been, it's been good. <laughs> Fun stuff. I like yeah. it. So... You got a new boat. You got new mounts coming. Yep. I got a new rod coming. Yep. 
Man. Of course. Yeah, we could talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to. Enough of those. <laughs> this is three things so far for you. Yeah. But Yeah. Excellent. So. I'm glad it all worked out. I mean, my little keeping little birdie in your ear ended up upgrading you. I think. Uh, yes. Well, I'm I think a, you I'm refer to it more like a tick. Yes, I, I am a parasite <laughs> that is that is known to uh, pass on diseases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what Andy doesn't know is I already blocked his contacts. <laughs> so I will be spending no more money. Yeah, and what well, Steve do doesn't know is that that track is not going to install itself. So oh, crap. <laughs> you got to wait. Yeah, he's got to. You yeah, better get out your me. screwdriver, Steve. All right, on block you. Andy's got burners. <laughs> he's got no. burner cells. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, well. Just like you should probably get all in gear. You think I should? What? I should, I should, you know, just be ripped and huge like Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If anybody hasn't met Steve, he's 500 pounds club. Oh, buddy. Yep. 500 bench, 500 squat, 500 deadlift. And that's just in the first hour of the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my warm up. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, anyone else want to add anything before we wrap it up? No, excellent stories. Happy for you, Steve. Enjoy your new boat. I can't wait. Um, Thank you, guys. I'm in the Ranger family now, so when you do your testimonies to how great Rangers are, I can now say, yes, they're right. Great boat. <laughs> Fist pumping every time you put on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of kind of crazy just how a, li- a little – a little seed in this little area, all of a sudden, I think there's like, you know, me kind of being the first in my circle here. I mean, I'm not the first to have a ranger in this area, but it's now like six or seven boats. Yeah. That, that are just, you know, respond, you know, as a, like a ripple effect, I should say, but it's kind of Aren't crazy. Aren't you just the cock of the walk? <laughs> hey, you would have had a ranger if you uh, didn't buy that two hundred five. I was yeah, I, I bought a ranger because my boat exploded. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what drove me to get a ranger. But in a much more real sense, yes, Andy was involved in that. At least give well, me I, a, I a say... small bit of credit. But okay. I will say one last thing. Uh, you know, my, I talked about my buddies who's had rangers all their lives. And so they, they have ranger hats and everything. So it was weird. My buddy's dad, I was with him. Uh, we were working a charity event together. And a guy came up in a ranger jacket. And him and my buddy's dad start talking about rangers. And he turns to me proud, like, well, he has a ranger. Come on over. Let's talk about your boat. Like, I'm in a brotherhood now. You know, like, you feel included. Yes, I'm thinking, I'm in. Now I just need, like, a ranger jacket or something. That's right, to be like cool the cool kids. I have a ranger hat. Do you have there a ranger hat, huh? I have to get one, but but uh, definitely, again, you guys attest how wonderful they are. And, and just, I fished out of them, and now I have it. Uh, yes, great boat. And you, you don't have to drop hundreds of thousands of dollars to get one either. You can find the right deal for, you know, in the middle teens, which is... well. Did you hear the rest of the podcast or the earlier one? Yeah, I know. We're we're looking at 50 to 60 here. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. The price of this thing is yet to be determined. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. No, but I'm sorry. That's that's my story. Okay, perfect. Well, we're going to wrap it up <laughs> unless you guys got something to say. So speak up. Perfect. Good. Until next week. Oh, yeah. There you go. So... <laughs> Uh, big thanks, Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, Baker Baits, Muskies, Inc. I think that's all of them. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy. <laughs>